none of us are worthy to share the gospel. God's not done with me. If you have the opportunity to go, and you need to go. <laughs> Bring it on, baby. some great news for you today. Are you ready for it? <laughs> All right. I'm going to give you some great news anyway, even though you're not ready for it and you clearly don't deserve it. All right. All right. I have some great news for you today. God has an amazing plan for your life. I want you to know that. God has an amazing plan for your life. And whether you've been at Bell Shoals 50 years or whether you've been here for 25 minutes, I want you to know that God has an amazing plan for your life. If you know Jesus as Savior and Lord, if you've committed your life to Him, if He's forgiven you of your sin, if, if, if He has changed your life, I want you to know that as a Christ follower, Jesus has an amazing plan for your life. And you are not just a Christ follower, you are a Christ influencer. And no matter your background, your career trajectory, your family situation, no matter where you're from or where you live now, I want you to know if you know Jesus as Savior, He has an amazing plan for your life. And you are not just a Christ follower, you are a Christ influencer. And He can use you in a profound way. In other words, He has worked in your life in such a way that you have a purpose beyond just this life. You have an influence beyond just this life. You can literally make an eternal difference in the lives of others. Some of you are like, I'm just, a, I'm just a teacher. I'm just an educator. No, 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 no. You are a man or a woman strategically gifted and strategically placed by our Savior to make a difference in the next generation. You're not just a teacher. Some of you are like, you know, I just, I, I just work in business. I'm just in the business world. You know, Monday to Friday, I'm just trying to kill it and trying to keep my head above water. You know, I, 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 I just work in the business world. That's a, no, 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 no. No, you are a man or a woman strategically placed and strategically gifted to make a difference with your time, talent, and treasure. Some of you are like, no, I'm just an engineer or I work in construction or I'm in accounting, or I, I, uh, I'm in the medical profession, and, and uh, man, there's so many people around here, I'm just trying to make it through the day. No, 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 listen, you are more than what is listed on your business card. If you're a Christ follower, you have been gifted, empowered, and strategically placed to be a Christ influencer. And it takes all of us 
to accomplish the mission. And if you're like me, you'll find yourselves in situations and you'll find yourself in seasons where there's a little bit of fear, there's a little bit of insecurity, there's a little bit of doubt as to the difference you can make. Yes, even those who are called to vocational ministry have those types of doubts at times and fears or insecurities. You, you, you wonder, you know, fear is a very powerful emotion because it's a preventative emotion. It can prevent you from doing what is at times best for you. Fear is something, insecurity is something that can be a hurdle for us in our effort to make a difference for Jesus, just to be an influencer in whatever circle of influence the Lord has placed us. And, and that's why, listen, this is the good news. This is why I wanna share with you right out of the gate today. God has an amazing plan and purpose for your life. And all throughout human history, God has made it abundantly clear that in those moments of fear, doubt, insecurity, wondering you know, how we can make a difference, if we can make a difference, like if, if our lives can have meaning beyond just this world, right? Like God, God has routinely, and regularly encouraged his people to know, yes, I, I am with you. You can do this. Because, you know, the, the most acute types of fears are not fears over physical things, right? Like, I don't know if any of you remember that show Fear Factor where, like, people have to do, like, crazy things and all that. Like, you know what the worst part of that was for me? Like, I mean, I'll jump out of a plane. I mean, I'm, you know, like, if, I'm, if, I, if I were ever on that show, I'd be like, surely I'm not going to die because that would be a very bad episode, right? That would be like the last episode. So like that doesn't worry, you, you, know what, you know what scared me to death? You know what worried me? When they had to eat bugs. Anybody else with me on that? Like jumping out of a plane, but I'm like, ah, like I just know how this works. Like they've tested it with other people. And <laughs> you know, like, so I, I like, you know, that didn't worry me. But like when they put a millipede in front of you, I'm out. You can give the million dollars to somebody else. Like, I, like, that's what got me. But what I've learned over, you know, a few years of living life is that the most acute types of fears aren't over physical things. It's over um, spiritual things, emotional things, relational things. And, and if you look at any list of people's top fears, guess what? Eating a millipede isn't ever on that list. Right, like here, here's some things like um, fear of failure is a fear for a lot of people. That's not fear of a physical thing. That's that's much more profound, right? Fear of failure. People have fear of rejection, fear of change, um, fear of public speaking. Always on the list, public speaking, and I totally understand why. Uh, fear of loneliness. You see, I'm right there with you. We, we all navigate days and seasons where we feel insecure. We have fear. We have a little bit of reservation. And all of us at some point in time or another have wondered in whatever circumstances we're navigating, can God really use us? Is God always with us? Is his plan for us always what's best for us? And we aren't alone in this. I mean, throughout the history of the world, let me say this again, God has regularly reminded his people, I got you. I got you. 
Because when you know Jesus as your Savior and you know God as your Father, it changes everything about you. And um, can I give you a good word today? Faith is the antidote to fear. And it's not just telling yourself today, okay, don't fear, don't, don't lean into insecurity. It's not just, okay, the solution, the way through it is not just tell yourself, well, I'm not going to be afraid today. No, 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 no. No, no, no. The way through it is actually to focus on your Father and to focus on your Savior who, who loves you, who has empowered you, who has gifted you, who has placed you, who, who, is, who is working through you and in you. And, and, and as, as, as your view of God grows greater and larger than your fears and your failures and your insecurities, then you're in a place God can use you in a great way. This is how God has encouraged his people throughout human history. Let, let me just give you some examples, okay? I had, to, I had to narrow this. I've got several, but I mean, it's just, it's all throughout the Bible. It's all throughout human history. God reminding his people, I got you. Okay, let me take you back to Exodus 14. Remember Moses, the guy with a speech impediment, the guy who told the Lord, you can't use me, Right? As, as Moses is now working toward the Exodus, here's what he says to the people. He says, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. This word, don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. Don't be insecure. Don't lean into your doubts. The Lord's got you. Moses, like, I've seen it. Like, I'm a guy who, I don't speak very good. <laughs> Like I've had my doubts, my fears, but I've seen God do amazing things. Listen, do not be afraid. And then Joshua 1.9, this is maybe on uh, some decorative piece in your home, right? A very famous scripture. This is my command, Joshua says to the people, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He is with you. You have doubts about the strategy of taking down Jericho by sending the music boys out and around the city a few times? Yeah, so do I. The Lord's got you. Be strong and courageous. First Chronicles 22, check this out. For you will be successful if you carefully obey the decrees and regulations that the Lord gave Israel through Moses. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not lose heart. Let me take you to Nehemiah. Remember when he's, he's rebuilding the wall in Jerusalem. Look at this. Then as I looked over the situation, Nehemiah said, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people. And I said, here's what Nehemiah said. Don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord, get your eyes off your enemy, get your eyes off the hurdles, get your eyes off the obstacles, get the eyes off your insecurities and get your eyes on the Lord and remember the Lord who is great and glorious. Don't be afraid, not because you don't have enemies and obstacles, but because you have a God who is greater than them. Psalm 56, the psalmist says, I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? All throughout human history, including the days that led to the birth of Jesus. Luke 1, remember the angel coming to Zechariah whose wife was barren. They couldn't have a child, but the angel appeared and says, first thing, don't be afraid. I got you. I'm not here to harm you. I got you. God has heard your prayer and your wife Elizabeth will give you a son you're going to name him John. And then not long after that, remember the angel appeared to Mary. 
What does the angel say to Mary? Same thing, Luke 1 and verse 30. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Yeah, your pregnancy is going to turn a lot of heads. There's going to be a lot of questions. This is going to be a very unique season in your life. But the Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. The Lord's got you. Listen, I'm just telling you, all throughout human history, God has reminded his people, I am with you. I got you. Don't be afraid. But we live in a day and a time that's much different than the day in which Zechariah lived or Nehemiah or David or Moses. Do you know why? Because all throughout human history, the message was don't fear because God is with you. God is with you. God is with you. But you and I live in a day that's much more profound than that because now we live in a day and a time where the Lord is not just with us, the Lord is in us. Because not long after Jesus ascended back to the Father, he sent his Holy Spirit at Pentecost to indwell, to live in every single follower. Listen, Pentecost was a game changer because now for the past 2,000 years of human history, the Lord is not just with us, the Lord is in us. The Spirit works in us to gift us, to convict us, to encourage us, to guide us, to give wisdom to us. And now this is the most amazing thing. You and I get to live in a generation of human history where the Lord is not just with us, the Lord is in us. And so Paul says this in Galatians 2, look at this. Paul, Paul says, my, my old self has been crucified with Christ. When, when, when you turn from your sin and you embrace the forgiveness and the salvation of Jesus, your old selfish person dies in Christ, right? Like, and so Paul says, so Paul says, he says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. So watch this. So it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In you, every follower of Jesus. Right, so here's the message I have for you today. God has an amazing plan and purpose for your life. God has uniquely gifted you, placed you to make a difference for him. We are part of a mission and a movement that's changing the world. And all of us are a part of this because we are now in an era of human history where the Lord is not just with us, he is in us. So we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be insecure. We don't have to wonder day to day, where do we stand with God? No, if we are followers of Jesus, we are secure in Christ. The Father sees us in the same way he sees his Son. And therefore we have the ability, the opportunity, not just to be Christ's followers, but Christ influencers, because Christ is in us with us at all times, in all places, in all circumstances, Jesus in us through the power of his Holy Spirit. And so a couple of key takeaways in one text here today I want to draw your attention to that's absolutely profound, okay? Listen to me. I, I want to make sure you grasp this, okay? Here's what this means then. It means we don't go to church. We are the church. Did you catch that? We are not Old Testament Israel where we go to worship at the temple where the presence of God is manifested. No, 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 no. Every single one of you who are followers of Jesus are the temple of God's dwelling. And therefore, I want you to understand the profound dynamic that I'm talking about today. We don't go to church, 
we are the church. And Pentecost was the shift of human history whereby God now is no longer just with his people, he's in his people, and therefore we are the living temples of God so that everywhere we go, God goes with us. He is in us. And I want to show you a text here in 1 Peter chapter 2 where Peter talks about this. And you just got to understand, I mean, this is, this is game changing. Peter's going to say some things to us through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that represent this shift and represent this change and represent the opportunity that now all of us have. You see, up to this point in human history, only a certain select few had the opportunities to make a difference. Now, all of us have the opportunity. Here's what Peter says, chapter 2, beginning in verse 4. Here's what he says. He says, you are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He's what holds it all together. Without Jesus, everything falls apart, right? Like, like Jesus as God made flesh. Jesus is the living cornerstone. Now look, he was rejected by people, but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple. Built around the cornerstone, not without the cornerstone, but, 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 but together with the cornerstone, God is using us. What's more, he says, you are holy priests. Does that not amaze some of you? You're like, I don't have a collar. You know, you don't need a collar. You don't need a degree. You have direct access to God every single day of the week. You don't need anybody to go to God for you on your behalf. You have direct access. You are priests, he says. He says, what's more... Through mediation of Jesus, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God every day. And as the scriptures say, I'm placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem chosen for great honor. And anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Boy, we fear that. We fear what others think. We fear what others say. We, we, we can be insecure in our circumstances. But, but listen to what the Lord is saying here. No, 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 no. You are a part of this spiritual temple. You are priests, a kingdom of priests. You have direct access to God. And your duty as a priest, if you will, is every day just to offer service to the Lord, to honor him, to glorify him, and because those who serve the Lord will never be disgraced. Yes, he continues, you who trust him recognize the honor that God has given him. But for those who reject Jesus, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. In other words, their rejection is futile. And he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they don't obey God's word. They meet the faith in that was planned for them. But you are not like that. Because you are a chosen people, you are a royal priest, you are a holy nation, you are God's very own possession. And as a result, look at this, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. You're included in this mission. Your life is intended to make a difference. It's not just about a few priests offering sacrifices before the Lord and, and serving the people and everybody in the nation just comes and brings their sacrifices at the festivals. And no, 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 this is a new world. 
The Spirit's not just with you, He's in you. You are gifted, empowered, placed to make a difference and you can show others. I love this, how Peter says it, the goodness of God. For He called you out of the darkness into His wonderful light. Then finally, look at verse 10. I love this. For once you had no identity as a people and now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy and now you receive God's mercy. So what can mere mortals do to you? You're living for a kingdom that will never end. You're living for eternity, not just the temporal. And therefore, as a follower of Jesus filled with his Holy Spirit, God's not just with you, he's in you. And you are the church. Again, we're not like the Israelites who went to the temple for worship. We don't defer all of our ministry engagements to just a select few priests who serve. We don't need anybody to speak to God on our behalf. We have direct access. We don't need the blood of an animal to atone for our sins because we have the blood of our Savior who has atoned for all of our sins, past, present, and future. See, here's the reality. The church is the, the gathering, the collection of God's redeemed people. And, and listen, the church is not a building. I, and I, I understand we, you know, we, we plug it in Google Maps, church, okay. I, I get it, I get it, okay. But, and I'm okay with it as long as we understand the church is not this room. And the church is not this address. The church is the thousands of people who are part of Bell Shoals today who will gather and worship and seek to exalt the name of Jesus. The church is the millions of people around the world today who will meet, gather, pray, serve, give to exalt Jesus. We are not Old Testament Israel. The Lord does not confine his power and presence to just one place. No, we are the church. Do you realize the church did not start meeting in buildings until 313 AD during the reign of Constantine? For most of its history early on, the church had to meet in homes scattered about under heavy persecution. There were no buildings. If you tried to look up the First Baptist Church of Jerusalem in 250 AD in Google Maps, it would not have shown you a location. But the church was growing, and the church was meeting, and the church was on mission. You see, the church didn't start meeting in buildings until Constantine's reign. And, and in fact, even today, there are many churches that meet in heavily persecuted parts of the world that, guess what, don't have a building. They don't have an address. They don't have a location. They meet in homes. They meet in underground locations. They meet in secret. And, and so what this means for us, listen, this shift that God's now not just with you, but God is in you. Listen, it means that we don't just go to church. We are the church. And it means that wherever we gather and wherever we serve and wherever we go, the Lord is with us and, and the Lord is going to use us. It's not about just having like a, a pastor or a priest got to be with you all the time. It's not like, okay, just a few full-time ministry professionals do all the work. That's not how it works anymore. God has an amazing plan for your life to use you in a profound way. You don't just go to church. You are the church. And, and listen to me. This, this is controversial now. <laughs> I'm going to get myself in a little bit of trouble today. 
All right. I'm just, I'm out. Listen, I've been doing this long enough now. If I got to go do something else, I'll just, that's fine. All right. So, all right. I'm just going to say it, okay. This is not God's house. This is not God's house. This is God's house. This is God's house. And not just me, every single one of you here is a follower of Jesus. This is God's house. This is where God resides. And of course, I'm not suggesting that we ever treat casually or flippantly the places that we've established where we gather and worship and serve. I'm not suggesting that at all. But I am trying to highlight the new reality that we've been living in for the past 2,000 years, that it's no longer about a certain place where you go to meet God and a certain group of small ministry professionals who do all the work. I want you to understand God and his kind providence has saved you, gifted you, called you, placed you, and filled you with his Holy Spirit so that he can use you in the mission and you get the joy of being a part of what he's doing in the world. Because we are the church, we don't go to church, and we represent God's house because his presence goes with us wherever we go. And therefore, okay, let me land the plane now. Every single part of the church is a necessary part. Every single part of the church is a necessary part. Hey, can I just give you an illustration? Uh, some of you may not remember this, but I don't know, some of you might. This little thing called COVID. I don't know if anybody remembers that. Uh, <laughs> you know what happened during COVID? Uh, a modern day example of what I'm talking about. The church did not meet at the church. But the church met and the church served and the church made a difference in the world. Even though the church didn't meet at the church for three months in Florida, longer in other places that aren't blessed with the Holy Spirit. And so, um, you know, I'm just saying, I'm just keeping it real, okay? I'm just, some of you just moved down here from New York. What took you so long? Okay, but I'm, I'm just saying, all right? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding, kind of. All right, so, I mean, was it, like, was it what we just went through? A modern day example of this? The church is the church even without a building to meet in every week. The church is the church accomplishing the mission in the world even if things go a little haywire for a while and we're out of our normal routine because we are the church. And this is God's temple. That's what Peter is saying. You're living stones as a part of the spiritual temple now with Jesus as a cornerstone, making a difference in the world. And what that means is every single one of us matter. And every single one of us make a difference. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 12. Just notice the shift. This is not what people were used to for thousands of years. But this is what's happened now in this new day and age in which we live, right? He says, as he says, our bodies have many parts and God has put each part where he wants it. And how strange would it be, right, if, if, the, if our bodies only had one part. But he said, no, 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 there are many parts, one body, okay, we're one church, but many parts, right? And so then he says this in verse 21, the eye then can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. 
He's talking about the church, not the building, the body. And he's saying every single one of us as those who, who, who have the Lord not just with us, but in us to overcome fear, to overcome anxiety, to overcome insecurity, right? Okay, those of us who have the Lord in us are gathered together as the church, the bride, the body, and every single one of us represent a certain part that God's designed and God's put together so that collectively we make a bigger difference than we would individually. And you matter to God. Listen, I just, I'm so passionate about this because I want you to get in on this. Like some of you are missing out on like the greatest blessing in your life. I'm telling you, you got to get in on this. You're a part of the body. You're needed. You're valued. And um, whatever's holding you back, I want to challenge you to set it aside. It's like a football team, right? Like there's no invaluable parts. You're like, well, I'm the punter. Well, you know, that's a pretty important role. If you're a Bengals fan, like for, <laughs> I'm just, <laughs> hey, for most of my life, that's been the most important position on our team, right? Like teams don't win games without good kickers, right? Of course you have to have a quarterback. Well, if you have a good quarterback, you better have a good line to protect him. You better have weapons on the outside to throw to. And you better have a defense that, that, that's going to get the ball back for you. I'm just saying, we're, we're, we're like a team. We're, a, we're the body. Like every part is important. You're not just a teacher. You're not just a business person. You're not just a medical professional. You're not just a construction expert. You're not just, no, you are a follower of Jesus and an influencer of Jesus. And God is not just with you, he is in you. You don't go to church, you are the church. And every single member of the church is a necessary part. And following Jesus isn't a spectator sport. And whatever's been holding you back, I just want to challenge you today to give consideration to what it looks like to get in the game and leverage your resources, leverage your time, leverage your talents. You have them. To take that step of faith and just see how God might use you. It may seem small to you, it's not. Every member of the body is necessary because, listen, he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Let me show you what John said here. He says, you belong to God, my dear children. This is the day in which we live. This is an Old Testament temple. You got to go to the priest. You got to go to the, no, 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 no. You belong to God and you've already won a victory over the world. You've already won a victory over him. Because the spirit who lives in you, not just with you, in you, is greater than the spirit that lives in the world. And therefore, God will use you if you will simply lay before him your resources, your time, your talent. God will use you. And listen, today I just want to show you a little feature here that highlights some members of Bell Shoals who were afraid to step out in faith and use their talents. One of them is the campus pastor at our second largest campus. And he was a big, fat baby. <laughs> You're going to see it. He got all worked up about having to preach the gospel at a pet festival. You're going to see it, don't worry. It's weird. It's weird. 
It doesn't matter who you are. You're going to get nervous. It doesn't matter who you are. You might have fear, anxiety, insecurity. Can God? No, no, no. God can. God will. He's not just with you. He is in you. Now, I want you to, I want you to see just some average, ordinary members of the church at Bell Shoals who uh, stepped out on faith this past year and made a tremendous difference. All right, let's watch this together. Lostness. So many around the world are moving and going, some far and fast, others not so fast. So many are going, yet they are unaware of their destination. You might say, lost. They seek a mirage of happiness. They seek to be good enough. They seek to achieve enough. They seek an answer to their suffering. In other words, they seek their purpose. The beautiful thing about the gospel of Jesus Christ is that they don't have to seek any longer. You see, as the good shepherd, he came to find them. And he came to make them from lost to found. Jesus commands his followers to share this good news and be part of his plan to transform lives from lostness and indifference into lives that make a difference. The sovereign God of the universe doesn't need any of us to fulfill his plan. However, by his grace, he has chosen to use a variety of people with a variety of skill sets in order to bring the lost to himself. God used an unlikely group of people with construction skills to repair a building that would be the base for mission teams for years to come. Kurt and uh, Matt killed it upstairs on the floors and put me a half a day ahead. Everybody knows what they know how to do, and it's just all I'm doing is just keeping everybody out of each other's way. <laughs> the gifts that God has given to you on a daily basis, those things that you use to support your family, mm -hmm. those are the things that you said, I'm going to now put my yes on the table for the Lord. And I'm going to take those things that he's given to me that I can do and to do well and to now take them to a missionary context. Right. I can't say I'm an evangelist, so to speak. there's some really great evangelists out there. Well, I I'm not a builder. <laughs> right, right. So, so stay in your lane kind of yeah, thing. Right? Yeah, you I don't mean, want me building do, a house. Do what you want to do. So, yeah, I think for me, I know construction. It's what I do. I'm good with my hands typically. So why not use that for the Lord? And to be honest, where I feel most comfortable serving the Lord is doing those kinds of things. No matter if you see yourself as the, the evangelist who's sharing the gospel um, with one-on-one -on -one conversations, or if you see yourself as someone to say, I, I can do work on a house so that someone can share the gospel, it all fits together. And transformation happens shoulder to shoulder. And there's nothing like working shoulder to shoulder and fellowshipping in a mission team, mission trip environment 
where God begins to work in your life and make you new from the inside out. I have a skill set that, that I, I, just the way God's created me, I have a bent towards fixing things or understanding how things go together. I like a challenge, I look at it as a puzzle. I feel that, you know, this is something I can do. This is a gift of mine that I can give to somebody else that they can experience it, that it can be used for God's glory, His kingdom. Now you said this was the first, that Cincinnati was the first mission trip after your wife passed away. Correct. How was that different? Like how, walk, walk me through that. Sure, so my wife passed about two years ago um, and that can have a real impact on your faith. It can have, a, you know, you ask questions. One thing I didn't do is I never lost my faith and never blamed God or anything for it, but it did take me a little while to start feeling like, okay, how do I go back to church or how do I, re-engage with not only the church community, but with God directly. Um, and when this opportunity came up, you know, my friend Cliff had, had brought it to my attention that, hey, here's another missions trip um, and it's construction related. And I think the timing is probably a God thing because it was right when I needed it, you know, probably when I was emotionally ready and, and all that. And I said that this is a great way to re-engage with God and make a difference in other people's lives because you can't just stop, you know, you, I don't see where God ever tells us, well, you just get to take a break from being a witness for me, or you get to take a break from living life. The opportunity was fit my wheelhouse. And I think it really helped me to, to accept what had happened more and you know, see an impact on other people's lives. What is it, the Bible says the eye is as important as the toe and the toe is as important as the fingers, right? So every little part makes a difference. So I imagine it made a difference, but I assume God will show me one day. I don't, I mean, I can't even quantify a, if it was just our church people, me and my staff, how long it take us to get this work done? Or B, what a contractor will charge us to do this work? Not even count material. Right on time. Right on time. Thank you, Jesus. Some people know their gifts well and have honed them over many years. Others are still trying to figure out where they fit in. They're still piecing together how God is going to use their story. Honestly, like I felt very unequipped because I mean, truly I'm not without the Lord because like I'm nothing without him. So it was very scary for him to like call me to foreign countries and just go share the word. Cause I'm like, I'm not a very bold person. I don't really just like go up to people and say, hey, do you know Jesus? And like, that's just what we were doing on these trips. I don't have a crazy testimony. You know, I just have a pretty simple life. Like I was raised in the church and I was basically just like raised to know the Lord. And that just like makes me feel insignificant sometimes. Cause it's like, it just, oh, I grew up in the church. Like that's my story. But then one day we were evangelizing and there was this one guy that we had come across, like we were asking him about his faith, like if he knows the Lord, and he said, well, my dad's a pastor. And then that was like the first opportunity I had to share my testimony. And once I shared it with that man, like that's when I really realized like I can use it because he seemed like he was moved by it. So that just really showed like the importance that there's no testimony that the Lord can't use.
God has a way of using us in ways that we cannot foresee. When on mission, even an experienced pastor is stepping into the unknown. God may choose to use any of us in unexpected times and in unexpected ways. God is working even in the most, let's call it unique circumstances. So last night I experienced my very first pet festival. Yes, you heard me right, pet festival. When you read the itinerary and you see pet festival, what goes through okay, your mind? So Sunday morning, go on the church, Bam, I'm there. Sunday afternoon, going to the park, you know, uh, having gospel conversations in the park. Bam, I'm there. Monday night, pet festival. What? Hundreds of people are out there. It's unbelievable. And so then they walk them through this obstacle course where they have to go around the cones. They're like rubbing the... So know, they're like the, agility training. Agility training. <laughs> Throwing dogs through hoops, you know. <laughs> Before we announce the winner, we want to share a message with you. And they hand me the microphone. Okay. And that's where I share the gospel. The Bible says that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And when we sin, that leads to a place called brokenness. And we all know what the brokenness feels like. Emptiness and shame and guilt and rejection. Sharing the gospel from a pulpit mm -hmm. at a church, that's normal for you, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, full-time pastor for almost 20 years, that's something that, that you expect out of yourself and that's something that, that your people should expect out of you, right? Uh -huh. I have to imagine, I have not shared the gospel at a pet festival, mm -hmm. and I think in the future all those opportunities should go to you. <laughs> How different was it? Yeah. It's the same gospel, but these yeah. are different venues. Yeah. Were you comfortable? Yeah. Or was it, was there trepidation? So like, you know, Sunday morning, not that that's easy by any stretch. Right, no. I'm nervous yep. every Sunday. Yep. Every Me Sunday if, when- If you're not nervous- There's a problem. Because that, that, the word of God is weighty. Yeah, 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 yeah. So take that nerves out of like a church setting and put me in a park in the middle of downtown Bogota, <laughs> a bunch of dogs and cats, kids running around, I remember, you know, I was there with Tim LaPointe, and Tim, like, came over and was like, are you okay? All right. Yeah, just a lot. A lot going on here. A lot going on. Good, man? I mean, I guess. There's a lot going on. Yeah. You got the elements, you know, with, with, with crowds and peoples and dogs and animals and all this stuff around. But you are doing the very thing that Satan absolutely hates. I mean, there's a spiritual aspect of that. I mean, you are, you are about to deliver the message that Satan does not want people to hear, that you don't have to go to hell. There's a savior who loves you. And so I remember Tim just coming over Monday night and he's like, can I pray with you? And I'm like, absolutely, you can pray with me, pray, pray, pray now. So it's just a beautiful, like, yeah, there was that, you know, out of the element, but then, you know, you got a brother praying for you saying, come on, man, this is it. And then you step in, and you're like, dude, this is why we're here. This is what it's all about. It ain't about a pet festival. It's about a savior. Uh, and his name is Jesus and he loves you and he died for you. And seeing the hands go up and seeing the conversations happen, I mean, it's like, yeah, bring it on, baby.
Whether you are someone who has identified their gifts that can be used, or someone who is still trying to figure it out, or even a longtime pastor, God has put you right where you need to be to reach those who are moving, those who are aimless, still looking for answers that hold no hope. God commands each one of us to go, not because He needs us, but because He loves us. It is precisely in our weakness that His power is demonstrated, and God's love makes all the difference in a world that is lost. Well, I just praise the Lord for all of you who have been a part of what God's doing here at Bell Shoals the past year. We have a goal, if you're new to Bell Shoals, uh, to send a thousand of our members on mission in the next seven years. That is an ambitious goal. But we are the church. And the power of God is not just with us, it's in us. And um, the Lord in his kindness has chosen to include us in the mission. And so here's my challenge for you today. As you, as you leave our, our worship center here, you're going to go out. If you haven't noticed yet in our lobby, we have uh, tables set up that highlight some of the places we're going to in the next year. There's a couple trips yet for, for 2023. Most of them are 2024. And then we've got cards that look like this at each of the tables. Hey, would you just take a moment on your way out today and just find a table or two, a country, a city, domestic, international, that, that kind of maybe pops to, for you. And hey, you don't, have to, you don't have to sign your life away. You don't have to commit to anything today. But would you just get some info? Would you just pick up one of these cards and just, if nothing else, pray? We've, we've got a commitment spot here just as you can be thinking about the next couple of weeks to pray, to give, to go. And seriously, if you would just swing by one of those tables, look, look, look all across the lobby. Man, we're, we're going all over the world. This is awesome. Colombia, Cuba, Egypt, El Salvador, Germany, Honduras, London, Macedonia, Mexico, New York, Peru, Wales, Cincinnati, Boston. We are going to the nations. We're going all over the place because we believe that Jesus is with us, that He's in us, that He has empowered us. We know that He has commanded us. And we also know that as we're faithful to do what He's commanded us to do, He is going to use us to make a difference. And I want you to get in on that. And um, so some of you maybe can't travel for various reasons. Can you pray? Can you give? We have people give every year to help us accomplish missions here at Bell Shoals. Um, if, if, if you are able to physically go, would you just find a spot and just pray? You don't have to sign anything today, you know, but just think about it, pray about it. And um, just, just have this on your radar here as we move into next year because... Um, we believe we're a part of a mission and a movement that's changing the world. Isn't this fun that we get to be a part of it? I mean, um, gosh, it's just, it's such a joy and such a privilege.